Hey everyone, welcome to the Blessed Hope Podcast. I'm your host, JL, and today we're going over the silent movement. That silent movement is actually influencing governments, leaders, religion, and currency, yet no one is talking about it. However, don't take my word for it. Let's jump into scripture together and let's learn. Welcome to the Blessed Hope Podcast. And yes, welcome to the Blessed Hope Podcast. I am your host, JL. Very excited for today's episode. And if this is your first time listening, hey, welcome. We are a podcast that is all about the Blessed Hope, which is that Titus 2 describing Blessed Hope is Jesus Christ. And if if you're wondering, you're like, well, I'm not a believer. Hey, that's okay. This is for you too, because you're going to find out how you can join the club. However, if you are a believer, well, then we're here to encourage you and we're here to sound the alarm and get you aware of what's going on and to tell you to arm up. We're in the ninth round. We're in the fourth quarter. We are in this. We're in the bottom of the ninth. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. And we need to keep doing everything we can to spread the good word and love everyone as Christ loved them and tell them who Christ is. But with that said, we also want to be aware of what's going on around us because we are commanded to, and we can see as the day gets near. And oh, what a day it will be when that blessed hope comes back, when he shouts and he says, get up here. Can't wait. But with that, today's episode, we are going over the silent movement. You might be wondering, okay, what is this whole silent movement? Well, what is JL talking about? And we're going to get into that. However, I want you to know one thing that kind of to start this whole thing off, Look at the facts. What are the facts? So whenever someone tells you something that might be kind of out there, you go, mm, I think you might be drawing on, you might be trying to connect dots that maybe should not be connected. Well, let's look at the facts and let's look at what scripture says before we make any judgments. So as we get into the silent movement, I really want you guys to understand that we need to be taking everything back to the word of God because we know it is 100% perfect and true. So if it says something's going to happen, you can bet your bottom dollar that thing is going to happen. Well, the cool thing is we have a couple different parts of the Bible that specifically talk about this silent movement that's coming and how it's actually not so silent and it's actually really obvious. And yet the church Christians have decided to put their head in the sand. So it has become a silent movement for us, but we're going to get into that. So with that said, let's jump into today's episode, The Silent Movement. Okay, so The Silent Movement. Well, I, I, need, to, I need to be really honest with you guys. Over the last couple of weeks, I've been slowly collecting different news articles, prepping for this episode. And I can tell you right now, there's a lot of them that are just depressing. And while we are all about encouraging we do need to let you guys know the reality of what's going on out there. And there are some of it. I was just like, oh my goodness, it was it was just terrible. And yet, thank goodness the word of God has already prepared the believer who's well equipped in reading his word for these things, or I would just completely give up, to be honest. But we know from his word that he says, Hey, these things are gonna happen. So know that I'm in charge, I'm in control. But with that said, please go to 2 Peter and 2 Peter chapter 2. So with that, we go and I just want to point out Peter is writing to believers, telling them what to expect. 
and he's specifically telling him about the end times, and 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 he's like, hey, the, these things are going to be starting to show up, and they were already even showing up back then, but yet they are even more prevalent today. So with that, let's jump into the scripture. It is chapter two, verse one, and we'll start reading. But false prophets are also among the people, just as there will also be false teachers among you, who will secretly introduce destructive heresies, even denying the master who brought them, bringing swift destruction upon themselves. Many will follow their sensuality because of them, the way the truth will be maligned. And in their greed, they will exploit you with false words. Their judgment from long ago is not idle, and their destruction is not asleep." Okay, pause right there. You might be wondering about my line. And so I decided to do a whole kind of little rabbit trail study on that. And it actually comes from the Greek word blasphemo. And any of you scholars out there might recognize that word. That is blasphemous. That is where we get that word. And in the Strong's Concordance, it is actually number 987. And the definition of blasphemo is to speak lightly of. Basically, to speak with complacency and um, indifference and that is basic and he's also the definition goes on to say to slander sacred things as we're going to find out we have a lot being slandered nowadays and that's what the focal point of all that slander is jesus christ i mean for goodness sake it's the only word that has been turned into a curse word and yet i mean you don't see anyone running around using any other religious figures name as a curse word no it's always jesus so with that said, when as we read this, you might be wondering, okay, what does this have to do with the silent movement? We're getting there. I'm, I'm setting the stage for you to see that there is more Bible verses, not just here, but there are also other people. Oh, got an alert. But there are also other people out there who are starting to say things that we were warned about. And what I mean by that is if you just go to 1 John we see in chapter 2, he's writing to the um, the people in Ephesus, if I'm correct. Yeah, I believe it's Ephesus. And he's telling them, going, hey, guys, like, watch out for these uh, these Gnostics. And they're going about um, denying, basically, authority of Christ. And they're doing a whole bunch of nonsense. And so in, if you go to chapter 2, verses 18, and it says, Children, it is the last hour. And just as you heard that Antichrist is coming, even now many Antichrists have appeared. From this we know that it is the last hour. They went out from us, but they were not really of us. For if they had been of us, they would have remained with us. But they went out so that it would be shown that they are not really of us. Okay. What we are seeing here is 100% people are starting to not follow Christ. And what I mean by that, they're also going out of their way to move us in a direction towards the end goal. And that is that silent movement that I was talking about. That silent movement has four different, I don't want to say foundational stones to it, but it's pretty much, it's four different pillars to this silent movement. The first one is one world government. Second one, one world leader. The third, one world religion. And the final one, one world currency. Get ready because we're about ready to jump in Bible verses describing each of them. So in regard to the one world government, I'm not just talking about the United Nations, but I'm talking about an actual one world authoritative government. If you are wondering if that is really going to happen, all you have to do is go to Revelations chapter 13, verse 7. It was also given to him to make war with the saints and to overcome them with authority. Oh, 
over every tribe and people, tongue, and nation was given to him. Guys, the world is getting primed and set for someone to come on the scene and do exactly this. All that is needing to happen is for the rapture and for us to leave. And then guess what? This man will show up. And when he does, he is going to wreak havoc and take over. The governments are already being set up for him. All you have to do is look at some of the different international treaties and organizations. It, it's, this is something that's actually it's going down. But don't just take my word for it. All we have to do is go look at one world leader and we can see so much more. And... Revelations chapter 13, verse 2. And the beast which I saw was like a leopard, and his feet was like those of a bear, and his mouth like the mouth of a lion. And the dragon gave him power, gave him his power, and his throne and great authority. So we have a one world leader that is starting to show up. And when this one world leader does show up, he's going to set up his one world government as described in chapter 13, verse 7. And he is going to take over and he is going to reign. Now, this is not this episode is not about the antichrist. We're not we're not going over him. However, I do want to explain that we are in the process now of prepping for his arrival. So the world is eager for the first man to show up because I can tell you right now the second man who's coming, Jesus Christ, the the second Adam, oh, he is he's going to be so so good. Yet we have to deal with this guy. Well, not us, non-believers and uh, um, people who are left behind. They will have to deal with um, him. I will not. I'm out of here when that trumpet sounds. Thank you very much. Hopefully you are too. And if you're not, don't worry. At the end of today's episode, we will go over that for you. But I do want to keep moving forward. So for a one world leader to show up, and he needs his one world government. We're starting to see this. the, the idea of globalism is coming about. Just because, and, and I'm not saying globalism in and itself is bad. When I'm, Well, I should say it more as globalist is not bad. To be a globalist is not bad. To be a globalism, to be a part of that is. And there is a difference. So a globalist would be someone who just recognizes uh, that we have technology. I mean, you can own a business in one country, work in a, in, a, in a different country, and live in another one. It's completely capable. However... And that does not mean that we cannot be completely dropping our identity. And what I mean by that is there are certain things that God has given us and we need to recognize that. One of those is nationalism. It's, it's this idea of the different nations and cultures and ethnic uh, ethnicities. I mean, th- these are okay to have. It's, there's nothing wrong, wrong with that. And yet, people are pushing us away from that. And now, to have a one-world government, you need a one-world leader. Someone who can hold that banner high and say, I am who you're looking for. And now, how is this one-world leader? Well, let's go to Daniel chapter 7. We're going to read verses 4 through 7. And I'll just jump in with that. The first was like a lion and had wings of an eagle. I kept looking until his wings were plucked and it was lifted up from the ground and made a stand on two feet like a man, a human. Mind also was given to it and behold another beast, a second one resembling a bear and it raised up one uh, on one side and three ribs were in its mouth between its teeth. And thus they said to it, arise, devour much meat. After this, I kept looking, behold, another one like a leopard, which had on its 
back four wings of a bird, and the beast also had four heads, and dominion was given to it. After this, I kept looking into the night or in the night visions, and behold, a fourth beast, dreadful and terrifying and extremely strong, and it had large iron teeth. It devoured and crushed and trampled down the remainder with its feet, and it was different from all the beasts that were before it, and it had ten horns. You might be completely, completely confused, <laughs> and you should be, because this is not typical Bible talk, and sadly, it needs to be discussed more. And we are going to do that once we do an episode on the Antichrist. However, I do want to jump into a little bit. I can't just throw you a Bible verse and not explain some of it. So let's go right to verse 7. And he says, after this, so everything before this, he's really talking about these are like stages in the world governments and like empires that have shown up, things of that nature. But when you get to verse 7, he's talking about a future kingdom that's coming, a world government system that really will be a world government. And we're getting close to that now. So verse seven, after this, I kept looking in the night visions and behold, a fourth beast, dreadful and terrifying and extremely strong. Where is he going to get this? Remember back in Revelation, he's going to get this from the authority from Satan and it devoured and crushed and trampled down the remainder with its feet. So this guy's going to take over and he's going to own it. And it was different from all the beasts that were before it. And it had 10 horns. And like I said, we will discuss more of that later on, but remember this man will be given authority to do all of this. Many people don't realize that. And it's it's a lot of people don't understand that we need to read the Bible literally. And 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 now, now when I say literal, we need to read it seriously. There are moments where we where we need to read it literal, there are moments we need to read it spiritual, and there are moments that where we need to read it dependent on how it is being used. For instance, when reading like the book of Psalms, there are parts of it that 100% need to be taken literal, whereas there are other parts that need to be taken in its song form. Whereas you read like the Songs of Solomon, there are aspects of that, which I'm not going over today, due to uh, that it, there's a strong argument that, that could be a PG-13 episode, but where things are mentioned that are not, it take, should be taken in a literal way, we should be taken in a literal way that he loves his wife. So... As we keep reading, we need to keep that in mind. A lot of people tend to take Revelation and Daniel, parts of Daniel, and other aspects of different other verses and there are Bible chapters and books, and they will completely spiritualize it, and they shouldn't be doing that. And that's because they just don't understand it. doesn't mean it's not true. Revelation chapter 13, verse 8. And this is going over religion. All who dwell on the earth will worship him. Everyone whose name has not been written from the foundation of the world in the book of life and the lamb who has been slain. So that we have this one world religion coming about. But it's not just about a one world religion. How are people going to be able to do their day-to-day activities? And we have Revelation chapter 13 verses 16 through 18 describing a one world currency. So... Once again, that's Revelation chapter 13, verses 16 through 18. And he causes all, the small and the great and the rich and the poor, and the free man and the slaves to be given a mark on their right hand and on their forehead. And if he provides that, and he provides that no one will be able to buy or sell except the one who has the mark, either the name of the beast or the number of his name. Here is wisdom. Let him who has understanding calculate the number of the beast, for the number is that of a man, and his number is 666. So, 
With that, you might be wondering, what does that have to do with this silent movement? Like, I understand that this one day is going to come. And I am here to tell you today that this has already been set. And there are aspects of this that are already done and ready. And there are other aspects that are set for when this world leader shows up. And with that, let's go into a quick break. I'm going to discuss how you can get in contact with us when you do have questions, it's probably because of this episode. So let's take a quick break. Remember, if you ever want to reach out to the Blessed Hope podcast, you can. All you have to do is email the Blessed Hope podcast at gmail.com, the Blessed Hope podcast at gmail.com. This is your area to send us comments, concerns, questions, or maybe you just want to say hi. You can also follow us on Twitter for daily updates at John Luke T at John Luke T. And with that said, let's get back to the episode. And we are back. And that is basically how you can get a hold of us. Remember, if you have any questions or concerns, whatever it might be, feel free to get a hold of us. We'd love to be able to get you an answer. And if it's not an answer we can answer, or if it's not a question we can answer, we will go out of our way to find the people that can. And so just remember, whatever we give you or whatever anyone else gives you, you always need to take it back to the Bible. You need to look for it for yourself and and see what scripture says. I absolutely love, I had a pastor tell me recently that complacency and indifference are the two ingredients needed to bring about heresy and blasphemy. And I could not agree more. First John actually has talks a lot about that with, with the different aspects of the issues that were going on during his time. However, I do want to bring up something. In John, 1 John chapter 2, verses 18, he says, Children, it is the last hour, and just as you heard that Antichrist is coming, even now many Antichrists have appeared. From this we know that it is the last hour. Then if you just jump up to verse 22, it says, Who is the liar but the one who denies that Jesus is the Christ? This is the Antichrist, the one who denies the Father and the Son. Whoever denies the Son does not have the Father. The one who confesses the Son has the Father. So... What we're learning from 1 John is that there are people out there who are stating that we are not able to get to heaven only through Jesus, but there are other ways. And with that, I mean, let's just jump right into it. So this, this whole silent movement is being pushed up by these ideas and by these I don't want to call them miniature antichrists, but they are miniature antichrists that are running around out there. And they've been out there for years and, and it's absolutely crazy. And then you have also people that are completely clueless that they are actually already moving forward with the coming government. For instance, the USA Today has a article going over microchips and how that people in Wisconsin have already got embedded microchips. So they're able to do stuff quicker. And uh, when it comes to um, buying 
basically food from their vendor machines and vending um, area. And it, 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 it seems very harmless. And to be completely honest, this is not nothing not as different as you would see other places that you would go. For instance, many people are terrified to even microchip their dogs because they're afraid it's the mark of the beast. It is None of this is the mark of the beast. However, the technology is there. It needs to be stated that the technology for the mark of the beast is here, yet the actual premise and design of why it's going to be used is not. So that does need to be stated uh, right then and there. I I would go as far as to say the reason why that this I, I would say that could it be a microchip? Yes. I, however, also think that due to the d- complete global destruction going on during Revelation, it could also just be a tattoo. Because think about it, all the technology that's just going to go um, the way of the what goes in the toilet due to the horrible earthquakes and different plagues that are going on, it's going to be, uh, it won't work. So, well, one way you're able to do that, if you have a tattoo, um, you go to the market to go buy something, if you're going to go to the grocery store, whatever, they're going to say, hey, show us your mark. We got to make sure you're a loyal subject to the one world leader, fill in the blank, whatever his name is. So uh, I'm not saying that it has to be a microchip, but I'm saying that the technology is there for it. In Sweden, they've already started this. And to be honest, I mean, if you take away the end time biblical aspects of it, this is actually a great idea. It would stop child trafficking immediately, especially if you could be able to monitor where kids are. But two, when it comes to sex trafficking, nope, no more. You wouldn't have to worry about it anymore. Um, Any type of national borders when it comes to knowing where the the citizens are versus non-citizens yep easy done wouldn't even need a fence no no more trump wall <laughs> oh you you could leave it completely open and all you'd have to do is is just have someone um be scanned so whenever you go into a mall wherever you go to a restaurant whatever it would just scan and go oh bling yep we know who you are you're not you're not here legally you got to leave and so i'm not saying that the methodology is bad I'm saying the end result of for what it will be used for. It's the same thing as when it comes with, with words. Are, are letters and words bad amongst themselves? No. But can they be used for bad? Of course they can. So don't, don't think that, oh, just because I bring things up like this up, that it is inherently bad. So now with that said, I, I am going to caveat off. I have a couple more articles we're going to discuss. This one I'm actually a little worried about. So... The Pope, and I am not calling him the Antichrist. I want to throw that out right now. I am not. However, the Pope is doing something very interesting that I think could be of interest for people who have more of a nefarious issue. And so Pope Francis, who by large has been a horrible, horrible Pope, he has, he has done everything other than just completely deny the gospel message. And he, he is not the vicar of Christ in, in any way. If you are a Catholic, I am sorry. However, that is just how we're rolling here. We're going with by the scripture. I do not need any person to intercede for me. I have that. And that is Jesus Christ. I don't need an, an additional person. But 
I digress. So, in September, on the 11th, 2019, Pope Francis invited world leaders and young people to come together at the Vatican on May 14, 2020. And this, what I'm quoting, is coming from the crux, is taking the Catholic pulse. The event, um, never before has there been such a need to, or this is the, the Pope saying this, he's talking about reinventing global educational alliance. And I quote, never before has there been such a need to unite our efforts in a broad educational alliance to form mature individuals capable of overcoming division and antagonism and to restore the fabric of relationships for the sake of a more fraternal humanity, end quote. Fraternal humanity. What does that even mean? The fabric of relationships. Overcoming division. You know what a lot of this sounds like to me? It sounds like the very beginning aspects of teaching people to um, take in a one-world government, a one-world leader, a one-world religion, a one-world currency. But we can keep moving forward with it. And what I mean by that is we go right here. He says, according to an African proverb, Francis wrote, it takes a whole village to educate a child. When it comes to education, that village still needs to be created, beginning from clearing the ground of discrimination and fraternity must be allowed to flourish. Now, on its own, you would think, hey, this is a great idea. Yeah, we shouldn't be having discrimination. We shouldn't be having these different issues. We should all be working together. However... When has a whole group of humans gotten together and it has ever not been in a bad way? I am not saying when just whenever humans get together, but I'm saying as when a whole group of, when a, when a small group of people get together to decide how the larger group is going to do something without the smaller group having any type of, or the larger group having any type of sway with that smaller group, I would be very uh, leery. The article goes on to say, and I quote, according to the Pope, this is not only including teachers, students, and their families, but wider civil society, including science, sports, politics, and charitable organizations, end quote. Why do we need all these groups if we're going to be discussing the fraternity and the, how we are going to work together to better ourselves? Uh, when it comes to dealing with each other. I mean, why would politics need to be there? Why would athletes need to be there? Why would different uh, charitable organizations, why would they need to be there? Well, let's keep going because he gives us an answer. And, and I quote, an alliance, in other words, between the earth's inhabitants and our common home, which we are bound to care for and respect. Francis wrote, an alliance that generates peace, justice, hospitality among all peoples of the human family, as well as a dialogue between religions. Pause there. An alliance that generates peace. Please read Daniel chapter 9. And he will... Create a seven-year covenant with them. He will confirm it. They will get peace. It won't be the peace they want. There is only one person who gives peace. 
the Prince of Peace, Jesus Christ. He's, there's only one king who can give true justice, and it is Jesus Christ. And there's only one person who can bring true hospitality, Jesus Christ. So among all people, it's only one person. We can go to Matthew chapter 28, when he commanded for the believers that were there when and the ascension happened, he commanded them to go out and make nations or go out and make disciples of all nations, tribes, and tongues. And so we have a commonality and an alliance already among believers that love and that genuine connection of the body of Christ. What are we doing trying to make an alliance of this that he's talking about? I don't know. And well, I do know, and the Bible tells us it is not in a good way. This is leading towards something bad. And the dialogue between religions, I completely agree with him on this point. We need to have more dialogue between religions. I would love the chance to be able to go talk to Muslims, to go be able to talk to Mormons, to be able to go talk to Hindus, uh, Hindus, a Buddhist. I would love the chance. The more the merrier. I would love to be able to tell them about my God, my King, my truth. He is my truth. He is my life. He is my way to heaven. He is your truth. He is your life. He is your way to heaven. And that's it. He is the truth. He is the life. He is the only way to heaven. So yeah, I completely agree. Let's have a dialogue between religions. Christians should be loving, chomping at the bit to jump out and go tell, proclaim the word. We're not on this planet much longer, everyone. And if we don't get out, we don't get out and tell people more about this, we've got an issue. We're not done yet. That's what this whole podcast was designed around. We're not done. We're, uh, you know what? We're going to go to it. Go to, uh, I'm jumping off script here. Go to Titus chapter two. And I, I want us to be able to understand something that as we, and I'm flipping there now. So if you hear it on the podcast, uh, I apologize. But as we read, as, as the day grows later and the evening comes, we're not out of it yet. So let's go back to uh, Titus chapter 2, verses 11 and, and forward. For the grace of God has appeared, bringing salvation to all men. So well, we, we don't know what the Pope said about among all peoples in the human, human family. We keep reading. Instructing us to deny godliness and worldly desires and to live sensibly, righteously, and godly in the present age. That sounds a whole lot like peace, justice, and hospitality to me. Looking, verse 13, looking for the blessed hope and the appearing of the glory of our great God and Savior, Christ Jesus, who gave himself for us to redeem us from every lawless deed and to purify for himself a people for his own possession, zealous for good deeds. These things speak and exhort and reprove with all authority. Let no one disregard you. Guys, I there are moments that I think that Christians are we're we're so down in the dumps when we've already won this battle is over or the war is over the battles are just little skirmish skirmishes uh, this is just, it's a joke we've we've won our king won the second he rose again it was over there is a movie called the patriot if you ever get to watch it it's a great movie 
And there, there's a scene at the very end where the line is starting to kind of crumble. And yet, you see Mel Gibson, he's playing Marion Francis, who they, he has a different name in there, but the actual historical name of the guy is Marion Francis. And in it, Mel Gibson or Marion is, um, he sees that the line's crumbling and he sees the guy who's holding the, the, the American flag and he's starting to go the other way. So he grabs the flag, he grabs the banner and he's like, no, 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 no. We're, we're, we're taking this hill where we're going over. We're going to win this thing. We're going to hold the line. And he starts screaming and yelling and, and then in doing so people that they start seeing and they start turning going, oh, wow. And I'm telling you now, we need more believers doing that. Hold the line. We're not done. We're not out of here yet. Encourage one another. Get excited. He is coming back. For you, the believer who is scared about this, I understand. I understand. As we're talking about this, you're going, all these bad things are happening. And yet the, the, the silent movement's coming. It's taking over. Well, how? What are we supposed to do? And I'm here to tell you right now that you follow his word and you get in and you study God you study Jesus, and the more you do, the more you're going to realize he's got it all sealed up. As believers, we have that blessed hope because we are going to leave here. But let's leave here doing his work. So when he shows up, he's like, oh, wow, look at all of them. They're just busting their tail, working, getting everything done for me. This is awesome. Sadly, I know that won't be the case. But we're still told to do it. So I'm here to tell you guys Hold the line. We're still in this. Let's keep moving forward. Get excited. Our Lord and Savior is coming back. And to even give you more clarification, that silent movement is a huge sign that Jesus is coming back. So, But we have more. So as I was talking about earlier in Second Peter, we have people that are denying the faith, following their own sensuality. And, you know, we're taking the gloves off. So, world's for, this is coming from Breitbart, but it's also, if you don't like Breitbart, it's on a whole bunch of other different news articles. I just like this one. So, the world's first lesbian bishop calls for the church to remove crosses to install Muslim prayer space. Yes, Eva Braun who was made the world, and I'm quoting here, Everbron, who was made the world's first openly lesbian bishop by the Church of Sweden in 2009 and has a young son with her wife and fellow lesbian priest, Gunilla Linden, made the suggestion to make those of other faiths more welcome. The church targeted is the Siemens Mission Church in Stockholm Eastern Dockyards. The bishop held a meeting there this year and challenged the priest to explain what he would do if a ship's crew came into port who weren't Christian but wanted to pray. Calling Muslims Muslim guests of the church angels, the bishop later took to her official blog to explain that removing Christian symbols from the church and preparing the building for Muslim prayer doesn't make a priest any less a defender of the faith. Rather, to do any less would be would make one stingy towards people of other faiths. End quote. You were wondering what blasphemous means? There you go. You can take down the cross. Hey, that's fine. It does not stop its authority and does not stop what the the cross was all about. And you, you can do whatever you want. Denying 
that we should we should be openly allowing other people to pray in our areas. Hey, you know what? That's fine because guess what? The church is the body of Christ. It is not a building. Let them have the buildings. In the end, we don't need the buildings. The church is going to be alive and well. I seriously 100% doubt that either of these bishops are actually believers. But with that said, they're doing a great job of explaining Bible prophecy and fulfilling it. So go back to 2 Peter. And I'm going to read it again. But false prophets are on. This is 2 Peter verse 1. False prophets are also among the people, just as there will also be false teachers among you, who will secretly introduce destructive heresies, even denying the master who brought them, bringing swift destruction upon themselves. Many will follow their own sensuality. Really? Oh, hmm, hmm. What were these two bishops doing? Yeah. And because of them, the way of the truth will be maligned, which we've already gone over. And in their greed, they will exploit you with false words. And their judgment from long ago is not idle, and their destruction is not asleep. Well, amen to that. We need to be praying and spreading the word even to these individuals who claim that they are actually being part of the faith. We need to go out and we need to be excited and tell the people of the of what's happening. Now, I do want to give a warning. Second Peter Chapter 3, verses 3. Know this, first of all, that in the last days, mockers will come with their mocking, following after their own lusts, and saying, Where is the promise of his coming? For ever since the fathers fell asleep, all continues just as it was from the beginning of creation. For when they maintain this, it escapes their notice that by the word of God, the heavens existed long ago, and the earth was formed out of water, and by water through which the world at that time was destroyed, being flooded with water. But by his word, the present heavens and earth are being reserved for fire, kept for the day of judgment and destruction of ungodly men. So, I need to just point this out, that mockers are there. And if people are mocking you for your faith, get excited about that. That's okay, because you know what they're doing? They're proving the Bible is true. Tell them, hey, thank you. You're proving 2 Peter chapter 3, verse 3. Thank you. They're, they're proving that this is real. But, but, I want to end on a positive note. And that positive note is this. Who is our Savior? That is Jesus Christ. And he actually has a specific answer for us, for the believers, to tell us, what we should be doing in the end times, where we are right now. And the, as the last hour comes for the final seven years of this whole shindig that is going down. So with that, let's jump into it real quick. Today's podcast Bible verse is 2 Timothy 1, 7-9. For God has not given us a spirit of timidity, but of power and love and discipline. Therefore, do not be ashamed of the testimony of our Lord or of me, his prisoner, but join with me in suffering for the gospel according to the power of God, who has saved us and called us with a holy calling, not according to our works, but according to his own purpose and grace, which was granted us in Christ Jesus from all eternity. And with Jesus, we need to remember something. 
that in Revelations chapter 1 through 3, he's talking to seven different churches, which real quick on a rabbit trail, seven different churches, seven different ages of the church. But then it also goes over the seven different types of churches you could find today. It's a really cool way of he was talking to seven literal churches then, but it's prophecy and it's an analytical tool to understand how churches are today. And we need to be like the church of Smyrna and the church of Philadelphia, which neither of them were given a rebuke. But I'm going to read about the church of Smyrna. And he says, I know your tribulation and your poverty, but you are rich and the blasphemy. Oh, excuse me. This is chapter two, verses nine or eight through nine. And to the angel of the church of Smyrna write, the first and the last who was dead and has come to life says this, I know your tribulation and your poverty, but you are rich and the blasphemy by those who say they are Jews and are not, but are a synagogue of Satan. Do not fear what you are about to suffer. Behold, the devil is about to cast some of you into prison so that you will be tested and you will have tribulation for 10 days. Be faithful until death and I will give you a crown of life. He who has an ear, let him hear. What the Spirit says to the churches, he who overcomes will not be hurt by the second death. Amen. You know what? We're going to go right to it. Go to chapter 3, verses 7. And the angel of the church of Philadelphia write, He who is holy, who is true, who has the key of David, who opens, no one will shut, and he who shuts, no one opens, says this, I know your deeds. Behold, I have put before you an open door, which no one can Shut, because you have little power and have kept my word, and I have not denied my name and have not denied my name. Behold, I will cause those of the synagogue of Satan who say they are Jews and are not, but lie, I will make them come and bow down at your feet and make them know that I have loved you. Because you have kept my word and my perseverance, I also will keep you from the hour of testing, that which is about to come upon the whole world, to test those who dwell on the earth. I am coming quickly. Hold fast that you have with what you have so that no one will take your crown. He who overcomes, I will make him a pillar in the temple of my God, and he will not go out, uh, out go out from it anymore. And I will write on him the name of my God and the name of the city of my God, the new Jerusalem, which comes down out of heaven from my God and my new name. He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. Amen to that. So he's telling us we need to hold on and know that we are out of here. We, the church, we're going to go. How cool is that? There are many people out there who might be wondering, what is that? That is, uh, what is that snatching? What is that? What are you talking about? I think I might've heard of this rapture thing before. What are you talking about? Or you, you might be a person going, Hey, I've heard of the rapture. I know of all the different arguments. I, I, I don't see it. Or you might be in the final group saying, the rapture is happens halfway through it's pre-wrath or it's at the very end and i'm telling you now nonsense it is the rapture the snatching the herpazo it is a it is the beginning of the end times of the seven years so this happens and then the setting up for that antichrist to set up his seven years will begin once that treaty is signed and ready to rock and roll. And that goes into our last segment I want to go over, which we have an update in Israel about the elections. So this comes from the Behold Israel and their news. And it's a 
I know I kind of hit this one a lot. It's a great, great Christian-oriented news site, and um, I would just encourage you to go to it. But with that said, Benjamin Netanyahu has been given the chance to form his sixth government. President Ravlin believes that he has the best chance, and Netanyahu has till October 24th to do it. So the next couple weeks are going to be very interesting. I'm going to be honest, guys. I don't see him doing it. I really don't. Last episode, we talked about parliament and how they work. And there are enough people that hate him or dislike him that they don't want him to be the next prime minister. I see this going to a third election. I hope not. I hope he's able to form a government because, I mean, they need that. But I don't see it coming. And you might be wondering, well, what does this have to do with what we've been talking about? And it has everything to do with that. And here's the reasons why. And it's real quick, short, but it's powerful. Israel has to be strong so that the Ezekiel 38 scenario can come true. But then Israel has to become weak so the Ezekiel 38 thing or battle can come true. So it has to be strong and prosperous to get the eyes of the opponents in the Ezekiel 38. But then it has to be weak enough that these other opponents think they can take them. This could be that turning point. Because before this, I mean, let's be honest, Netanyahu, well, we know Israel has nukes. And Netanyahu would have no issue using it. I mean, that's just what he is. I mean, the guy, guy, the guy has no problem retaliating or preemptively hitting anyone who even threatens or even remotely thinks about hitting Israel. Well, Gantz, the, um, his opponent, we don't know that. And all I can tell you is this. When... The first person cheering on him to win against and, and for Netanyahu to lose was Erwan from Turkey. And Turkey wants Jerusalem, but that's a whole other topic for another day. However, I do want to end on one quick note, guys, as we conclude today's shorter episode. The reason why I'm telling you about this silent movement it's because it doesn't need to be silent anymore. We need to be out. We need to be telling people about it. And the reason why is this. Our days are numbered. We don't know when the Lord is going to promote us or when he's going to call us home. And what I mean by that is promote us and when death. You don't know if you're going to get hit by a bus tomorrow. You're going to have a heart attack or what's going to happen. That promotion is each individual based on when he has decided you're going home. However, there's a day where he's calling us all home. And that day, there's going to be a loud trumpet, and there's going to be a loud shout, and it's going to be, get up here. And I can't wait. So, until then, we have our marching orders. He's told us to go out, love one another, Share the gospel. Tell them the good news. I mean, around the world, the amount of chaos and just depression and suicide that's going on. And just people down and and just in turmoil. All that can go away. All we need is Jesus. All you need in your life is Jesus. And yet, 
so many people out there don't want it. They don't want him. However, if today you are wanting him, I'm so excited for you. And all you have to do is confess with your mouth that he is Lord and Savior and ask for forgiveness and confess and, and, and explain and, and go like, Lord, I, I'm a sinner. Please forgive me. And you know what? It's a simple just prayer of just acknowledging our sin, believing that he died and rose again for you and confessing it and acknowledging it with your mouth. And then after that, do that 180 turn and flee to him, run to him. And I'll tell you this, if you think you're too good, there's a lot of good people in hell. There's, there's, there's going to be a lot of good people in hell. And there's going to be a whole bunch of sinners in heaven. So there's nothing good you can do to get there. It's all based off of him and what he did and that acknowledging that. I mean, if you don't do that, well, then there's your issue. And if you wonder that, mm, you know, I think that's kind of an arrogant statement. There could be other ways to heaven. Who gives him the right? Well, he is God. He is the only one who has been able to resurrect himself. So then the, the question is, what other religions come even remotely close to him? The answer is none. Jesus has power. And that power has the capacity to forgive us. The Pharisees completely doubted it. And yet time and time again, Jesus proved it true. Glory be to him. So with that, guys, I want to end today's episode just reminding you that if you do have questions, if you did ask the Lord to be in you and, and, and for that, I just want to say praise be to him. So let's end with a quick prayer. And then I got one last quick thing to state. Dear Lord Jesus, thank you so much for who you are and what you've done. Praise be to you, O oh God. We love you and we thank you. I ask right now, Lord, that if anyone out there prayed and to ask for you to be in their heart, Lord, they, they confess with their, the, their sins and that they ask for you to be there and to that they, they ask for you to, to, to be in them and to be that, that salvation, Lord. Praise be to you, Lord. I ask that you'd help them, Lord. If anyone out there needs the help, Lord, I ask that you would be there. Put believers in their life. We thank you, Lord. In your name, Lord Jesus, amen. Finally, last but not least, if you do have questions, you can always reach us at the Blessed Hope Podcast at gmail.com, the Blessed Hope Podcast at gmail.com. We also send out tweets on John Luke T at John Luke T. So with that, remember, guys, the Blessed Hope Podcast is all about encouraging, but it's also about highlighting what's going on. Today's episode was definitely a lot more leaning on the highlighting of things that are going on and how we're moving in that direction. But let me tell you this, that should not depress you. It should be encouraging you because it means the Bible is true because we're seeing his prophecy come true. We are getting close to getting out of here. So with that, I'm your host, JL. This is the Blessed Hope Podcast. I will see you next Tuesday on next week's episode. With that said, remember, get out there, love the Lord, and encourage one another daily. See you next time. Thank you.